Well, hello there, everyone. Welcome to Speak Now Pro Wrestling. It's your girl, Denise Salcedo. And today it is Tuesday, which means we got a brand new slate of pro wrestling uh, content coming for you this week. And of course, as always, we're kicking things off with WWE NXT February 20th. And we got quite a bit to get into for today's show um, because most of it, we, we already had known of the spoilers and things that were going to happen, especially regarding an injury on the show, which was in regards to Shotzi. And so we're going to talk about that and everything else that went down here. But before we get into that, just a friendly reminder, guys, if you haven't already and you're here, make sure to subscribe to the channel. I am literally like a couple hundred subscribers away. I don't even know how many, but it's like very, very few away from 145. Okay, I am 352 subscribers away from 145K on YouTube. And that is my goal for the month of February. So I'm about to hit that. Uh, so make sure you guys click that subscribe button. And then of course, if you want to get your questions, your comments, your statements read here on the show, you are more than welcome at any point to send in a super chat as that helps out the channel very, very much. But let's go. Okay, let me turn off my phone. Why is my phone blowing up right now? Everyone knows what time I stream. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Um, first and foremost, as always, thank you so much to Shell Dan Jackson for gifting five DWO memberships. Um, pretty soon, I'm gonna have to start doing like spinneroonies because every time Sheldon Jackson hits the five DWO, I'm always doing the hand thing. So I'm just pretty soon need to do this and just start doing the spinneroonie here. <laughs> Man, I used to love seeing Booker T do the Spinner Rooney, by the way. Like, as a kid, I would always mark out for that. Like, the second I saw him stare at his hand, I'm like, oh, here we go. The Spinner Rooney's coming. I used to think it was very, very cool because it was a Spinner Rooney. All right. <laughs> Brandon Rosen says, that was such a random freak injury to Shotzi. I felt so bad for her the entire episode, knowing what was to come. So let's get right into that, guys. Um. The way that it happened, so we had already known, uh, I found out about this, it, it was just so crazy. So like, I remember last week, you know, sitting here doing my NXT post show. Now, a lot of you guys know that I do not look at spoilers whenever something is pre-taped, whenever a show is pre-taped. I never look at spoilers because it takes away from my personal uh excitement and intrigue in the show if I already know what's going to happen. But when it comes to situations like injuries and things like that, you know, that's kind of unavoidable. You're going to end up seeing that regardless, right? So after I logged off of the stream last week, I went on Twitter and like within like 10 minutes, that was like the first thing that I ended up seeing on my timeline was that Shotzi got hurt and that she was injured. Well, fast forward to today, it, she posted this very, very um, heartfelt, it, it was very, it was, I felt really, really bad for Shotzi because she posted a post on uh, social media and in there she looks like she's about to, I don't know if she was about to get her surgery or is going to get her surgery, some, something along those lines. But in her post though, she basically mentioned that she had torn her ACL and that she is going to be out for nine months. So she's pretty much gone for this year. And 
I feel really bad because on there, she kind of talks about a lot of what she's been going through and how her mental health really hasn't been that great right now, given that, you know, and if you guys follow her on social media, you guys have seen this, that she's lost a lot of people that she's loved in her life. Her dad, her stepdad passed away. Um, and she's, you know, posted about, about that on social media. And so she talked about that in her post. And then on top of that, you know, her sister is battling cancer. That was the reason why you guys saw her shave her hair. And things look like they were kind of turning around for Shotzi uh, in the last couple of months you know she was doing like this mad woman type of character on the show is going very well and I actually just got to interview Shotzi at the Royal Rumble and she was like super emotional because I asked her about Bailey winning the Royal Rumble and she was super emotional about Bailey getting this moment because she talked about how how helpful Bailey is behind the scenes and how much Bailey has done for her and stuff like that. And so like she was like, but she was like in really good, like positive mood. And she even mentioned in her post that she was finally starting to kind of feel like things were, you know, starting to go a certain direction for her. And then unfortunately, she ends up getting hurt in this match. And the way that it happened was really not what I was expecting now when it comes to like ACL injuries and stuff like that, like literally anything can happen. And it doesn't even need to be something crazy. Like you don't need to be doing some like crazy spot to tear your ACL. Like you could literally be doing something so simple, like running the ropes to even taking a suplex, like anything can happen. And all of a sudden you can tear your ACL. Right. And so for the way that it happened for Shotzi was she was basically doing a face plant onto Lyra Valkyra on the ring apron. And when she basically pushed down uh, Lyra and she like land her feet landed on the Shotzi's feet landed on the ground. It was just her left leg that you just like quickly just see like completely give out. And um, from my understanding, when you tear your ACL, like it's basically like this pop that you feel in your knee, at least that's what I've heard of people that have torn their ACL say, um, that you feel like this pop in your knee. So like you kind of know because it's like this sharp and instant quick pain and you can't put any weight whatsoever on it. So that's why you guys were seeing her just completely uh, fall to the ground. And so that always really sucks to see that. I know that, you know, hearing somebody tear their ACL at this point kind of feels common because you're always hearing of like, oh, this person tore their ACL, this person tore their ACL. Um, however, like when you see the entire thing play out, it really does suck because, you know, you're seeing Shotzi just there on the ground and you don't want to see that for anybody. She tries to get up. She's, you know, kind of hopping on one leg, but that's pretty much like impossible to do when you're having to go through that kind of pain. So they took her out. And so that was pretty much it when it came to Shotzi's injury. Uh, she's 31 years old. She's going to be out for nine months. So, you know, when she comes back, you know, hopefully this is the, when she comes back, hopefully this is the run that she has been, you know, expecting to go on now for a while because she was over on the NXT side kind of doing her thing. She moved up to the main roster. She's got a very cool look, but they weren't really doing anything with her on the main roster until recently. Um, we spoke about that. And so her getting this match against Lyra Valkyra, I remember when they announced it, I was very excited because, you know, 
okay, another cool new competitor for Lyra and for her NXT Women's Championship. And Shotzi has, uh, you know, history with NXT. So for that reason, it was like, okay, cool. Like, this will be an exciting matchup. And up until the point of the injury, like, it was looking pretty good, their matchup uh, between Lyra and Shotzi. Like, Shotzi looked very fired up to be there. Uh, she looked very, very excited. Um, but, yeah, from the looks of it, of how the actual injury occurred, it, it really did look like a freak accident, which is most most ACL injuries basically end up coming out like that. So um, very unfortunate. Can't wait to see when Shotzi comes back and wish her the very best recovery because as we all know, with any injury, it's not just the physical portion of it all, but it's also the mental uh, portion of it. And then also just like everything that comes after when you suffer an injury especially to your knees because guys your knees are important as we all know uh you're walking all the time and they they carry your weight it's a lot but that's where we're at and wishing Shotzi the very best um, with her recovery with that. And also, so there's a lot that we still have to get into in regards to this main event, but let me go ahead and get into the super chats that we got here. Um, this is from Sheldon Jackson who says, first prayers for Shotzi. And I feel kind of bad because last week I said that anytime Shotzi gets an opportunity on the main roster for some odd reason, it always goes awry. Uh, hopefully she'll be back stronger. Well, I mean, none of us could have predicted that anything like this was going to happen. At the end of the day, pro wrestling, I mean, we they say it all the time, even though ballet, you can also injure yourself in ballet, but they always say pro wrestling is not ballet. Uh, it's a common saying, although ba people, ballerinas, work very, very freaking hard. Uh, I should know, I took dance and I sucked at ballet, and it's a very, very hard sport. But anyways, or very performing arts there you go i'm not gonna call it a sport a performing art um but no for reals uh pro wrestling is something that well you guys know you're gonna go in there you're putting your life at stake pretty much every time that you go into the ring that's just the way it is if it wasn't that way if it wasn't like that if it wasn't a dangerous sport then you know what you and me and everybody sitting here would be in there uh taking bumps and doing all of these crazy things, but there's a reason why we're not doing this. Why? Because it's a dangerous sport. Some people make it look very easy and some people do get lucky and don't have to, uh, you know, go through injuries. But even if you don't go through injuries, you still go through bodily pains and aches and things like that. Um, but it's a sport and things like this happen. Uh, Blake sends in a super chat saying Baron Corbin versus Braun Breaker at stand and deliver. Maybe Braun's official send off from NXT. So I don't know what the official send off is going to be. And I feel like at this point, we can't really wait until NXT stand and deliver because um, that's it. Braun Breaker has been signed by the SmackDown brands like he made he signed his deal it's happening on Friday I have a prediction as to what's going to happen and how this is going to play out and I'll get to that in a second but um I don't know guys actually I might as well get to it right now because that goes in line with the next big story and then I'll go back and talk about the the Lyra thing so the other big thing that came off of this is that we are now going to be seeing Gallows and Anderson, the good brothers, over on the NXT side of things. Now, for my prediction here, and I think it's a very obvious prediction, and I think a lot of people probably share the same prediction, and it's literally that they're coming for the tag team titles. Like, this is it, guys. Like, we've been sitting here wondering, like, oh, what's going to happen with the Wolf Dogs? Are they going to get called, like, are they going to, is Barry Corbin going to the main roster with Braun Breaker, given that he just came from the main roster, right? 
I am, I had thought he probably was, but now just based off of the things that unfolded today, I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, I actually just think that the OC, now that they're officially NXT members, they are going to challenge for those titles and they are going to win. Now, I don't know when, probably on Roadblock. I don't even know when Roadblock is. If someone could give me the date for Roadblock, that would be great. Um, but <laughs> I know Roadblock is coming up since they mentioned it. Um, uh, Ilya Dragunov mentioned it when he was talking about Carmelo Hayes and what they're doing. So uh, I'm assuming that's probably when that is going to happen because I'm assuming that they're trying to get uh, Baron Corbin, I mean, sorry, Braun Breaker, in the clear to go to SmackDown and start doing whatever he needs to be doing over on the SmackDown side of things. So I feel like they're trying to get this done uh, very quick. But we need to talk about the Good Brothers on NXT because, guys, I um thank you, by the way. Uh, Roadblock is March 5th. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for sending this in. Didn't realize it was on March 5th. Now I got to look at my calendar. Uh, anyways... <laughs> What day is March 5th? Is March 5th on a weekend? It's on a weekend, right? Because sometimes I know they do like weekend shows, which is their PLEs. And then sometimes they do just like special editions of NXT. And sometimes I forget what just what, but whatever. Anyways, so the Good Brothers are now on NXT. And here's the thing, guys. God damn. So they were over, you know, they were over. God, they were doing so much when they weren't in WWE. Thank you, everybody. Oh, thank goodness. I wasn't sure. It's on a Tuesday. All right. Roadblock is on a Tuesday, March 5th. Good to know. All right. Moving on. So the Good Brothers, um, when they left WWE and then they went and they started doing the indies, they were on Impact Wrestling. They were doing their own thing. That uh, They were doing a lot, okay? And... When they went back to WWE, I think they might have been expecting for things to be a little different. Of course, I can't really speak for them, but that's just my uh, my guess from an outsider's point of view. I feel like they might have thought that things were going to be a little bit different. However, I feel like it's pretty clear that on the main roster, unless they are doing anything with AJ Styles, they don't seem to want to have them do anything on the main roster if it isn't attached to AJ Styles. Now, AJ Styles recently started to be departing from the group. They hasn't had like an official him saying like they're done, but that's pretty much what we've been seeing the last couple of weeks. Like they still have me chin going up there and asking them what's going on. They had Gallison and Anderson asking them what's going on and all of that. But it's very clear that AJ Styles is going off and starting to do his things on his own and moving on from whatever it is that they were doing with the OC, with the club, with all of that. So with that being said, where did that leave Gallows and Anderson? Well, I didn't really leave them to do anything on SmackDown. Uh, I cannot tell you anything besides that, like, one random match that they had with, like, Karen Cross. God, I don't even remember when. I think that's the only thing that I can remember from their last couple of months over on SmackDown. So it really hasn't been anything to, like, write home about. So now they're on NXT. They are definitely needed on NXT because last week and the week before that, we kind of spent a good amount of time talking about the lack 
of big, like the lack of male stars on the NXT roster. And I know this is more of a tag team situation, but point blank, we need more dudes over on NXT because we are about to see Carmelo Hayes versus Ilya Dragunov for the fourth time from the looks of it. There aren't very many options. Now, of course, they are going to be on the tag team side of things. But regardless, even in the tag team side of things, we need more dudes. Okay, we need more dudes. So part of me is like, hell yeah, I'm so excited to see them over on the NXT side of things. Uh, NXT has been very beneficial for a lot of people, uh, most recently, including Baron Corbin. All right. I've been a fan of what Baron Corbin has been doing on NXT. Look at him. He's NXT tag team champions right now with Braun Breaker. Cool. This could be the thing for Gallows and Anderson to finally have something to do, man. Make this return to WWE somewhat worth it. Now, with that being said, uh, I do kind of feel like they were probably better off sticking with what they were doing over in Impact Wrestling uh, with TNA because they were constantly, you know, just freaking having all of these matches. They were doing so good. They were, had a lot of freedom to do their own things. Like they had their own shows and their own things that they did. Um, but of course, you know, I'm sure, like I said earlier, they probably had different expectations of what they were expecting going back to WWE. So now they're on NXT. We'll see how this goes. But I think for the NXT weekly viewer, myself included, I think this is going to be a good thing to have the Good Brothers on NXT because they are legitimately funny guys and incredibly talented. So we'll, we'll, we should be getting some good stuff from there. I think they're going to add a lot to the show and I wouldn't mind to see some other guys, um, some other guys on the main roster that aren't doing much on the main roster and that haven't been doing much on their main roster. I would love to see them go over to NXT because we really do need more dudes. That's literally going to be the theme of this show. We need more dudes was the theme last week and the week before that. But once you realize it, guys, once you realize it, it's very hard not to talk about. Um, all right, let's see what else we got here. Um, Stephen Marchulli says prayers for Shotzi, the women of NXT toaster is deep toaster. <laughs> A roster. I'm like, is he going with an analogy here? Stephen, I thought you were doing some sort of analogy. And then I'm like, nope, he wasn't doing an analogy. Um, <laughs> The woman of the NXT roster is deep. The men's side of NXT needs more depth, depth to better uh, the future of the top of the card. 100% uh, agree with this, Steven. Um, something that I just dove into right now. So yes, I agree. The NXT women's toaster is doing great, but we need to work on the men's toaster. Goddamn. Jay Stone sends in a super chat saying, hear me out, Denise. All right, I'm hearing you out. Jay says, if Lash keeps getting the singles win, and if Lyra is still champ by the summer, they should run it back with Lash squashing her. Also, can we get Axiom and Frazier on SmackDown? All right, so let's talk about this because I kind of started and then I put a pin on it and moved to something else. But we need to talk about Lash Legend here because this ties into Lyra Valkyra and it ties into the situation with Shotzi. So as I mentioned at the top of this, Shotzi gets injured, the match stops, and so... Ava Rain comes out and she tells the people, like, I promised you guys uh, NXT Women's Championship match and you're going to get one. And lo and behold, Lash Legend comes out. But 
here's the thing. Lash Legend just had a match earlier on in the show. She had a match with Kilani Jordan, which, by the way, I was pretty much excited to come on here and talk about that match because I really liked what they did there. Like, since I'm going to say about November, December of last year, things have been looking really good for Lash Legend. Like, ever since they did the Otis spot with her and, La with her and Otis, ever since they did her, um, they had her appear in the Iron Survivor, those two things were really the things that started having people kind of take a second look at Lash Legend. So she comes out here and she has this match with Kehlani Jordan. And pretty much this entire match, it's Lash Legend just like with the upper hand on Kehlani. Now Kehlani, she, she's doing her own thing, right? But she still hasn't, she's so new, she still hasn't had that like... Uh, she's she's not as consistent in terms of being featured on the show like some of the other girls, but she's consistently good every time that she's on. And so she's only been on NXT for like not even a year yet, but she's been kind of killing it on her own. But she has more of a, um, she's definitely works a different style from Lash Legend. And of course there was the size discrepancy in this, but they did a good job here. Like there was a point at one time where they're just like, um, like, with Lash Legend and Kehlani, sorry guys, I was looking at my wrong notes. I was looking at my notes from Lash Legend and uh, Lyra, which I'll get to in a second. But all right, so with her and Kehlani though, there was a moment where she had Kehlani on her back, literally kind of folded like a pretzel. And I'm not even really sure what the hell she did to her, but I'm not kidding you. She was like smacking her head. So all you see is Kehlani's head just like bounce like this. It was kind of crazy, but I really liked that a whole lot. Um, at one point, um, Kehlani is able to get the upper hand here, but it lasts very, very briefly. Uh, Jakara Jackson, she gets involved in the match and she distracts uh, Kehlani enough so that Lash Legend goes in there and hits her with the choke slam and gets the win. Oh, there was also another moment in this match that was really freaking cool. And it was at the beginning of this match where Lash Legend literally just kicked Kelani right in the stomach. But because, again, they're so different in size, Kelani just like freaking flew backwards. It was great. So I had a really good time watching Lash and uh, Kelani. So when she came out to have this match with Lyra Valkyra, on top of that, I'm thinking, okay, good, because we just saw her and she was so impressive, so dominating. So she goes into this match with um, Lyra Valkyria. She answers the open challenge and she goes right in there and she just starts kick, like she just starts, um, she punches Lyra Valkyria because uh, Lyra tried to take her down with a bunch of kicks because obviously, you know, uh, Lash Legend is more of this like Amazon uh, in the ring. Like she's very, very tall. And so Lash Legend, sorry, Lyra Valkyria tries to bring her down, but she's unable to. So Lash Legend literally just like punches her in the face. At one moment, they're um, Lash Legend. What I liked that she did throughout this entire match was that she was almost trying to like punk the champion where she was basically like taunting her smacking her and telling her like what are you doing like get up and just being like really nasty to her and I really really liked that they started smacking each other like this was good and of course Lyra Valkyra she gets her win perfectly fine but I just thought they did a really phenomenal job with having Lash Legend 
be the one to um, answer the open challenge, especially given that we had just seen that match with her and Kalani Jordan. And the other thing that I liked about this, and we're going to talk more about this person in a second, but Roxanne Perez. Roxanne Perez has been trying to get her NXT Women's Championship title shot. She was pissed earlier on in the night. She was so pissed because Shotzi was the one getting a title shot. And she was pissed that main roster people were coming in to get title shots, right? So all of a sudden, there's an opportunity for her and she doesn't come out. She doesn't take the open challenge. Turns out she was in the shower. She comes out, she's drying her hair. She's asking the girls backstage, what the hell is going on? And they tell her what happened. And Roxanne is freaking pissed. She's so pissed that she missed her open challenge spot. And I gotta tell you, this was freaking hilarious. Like uh, whoever came up with the idea to add this as a uh, touch to the whole thing, a uh, really good idea because it answers you're going to be asking yourself, why didn't Roxanne Perez go out there and answer this open challenge if she's been wanting a shot at the NXT Women's Championship? Um, so this was very freaking funny. Um, I'm sorry, it killed me. I thought it was hilarious. Um, but there you go. That was what went down with Lash Legend, with, um, with my gosh, Lash Legend, Lyra Valkyria. We got so many names in here. Kalani Jordan, Shotzi, and everything that went down with that. Um, but I might as well go ahead and get into Roxanne Perez since this kind of ties in too. But Jay Stone, though, uh, in regards to what you said about Lash getting more of these singles wins and whatnot, I do. Like when I was watching Lash and Kalani, I kept thinking how like Lash really gives me this like superhero action fighter type of vibe because she just looks a lot bigger than the other girls but like in a way where you're just like oh my god she can kill you and I love it she's got the she's got a she's got the woman wonder woman physique and that's what I like to see from Lash so I think if they keep going the way things are going with her she's gonna have a pretty uh, bright future uh, on NXT. I don't know if she'll become NXT champion, women's champion. There's a good chance that it definitely will happen. There's a lot of girls that I think can become NXT women's champion. Uh, we'll see who actually does. Steven Marchuli says, I wouldn't mind Breaker versus Gunther at WrestleMania. I don't know, man. I don't know if they'll do that, if they'll, if they'll do it that soon. Plus also, uh, they're on different brands. Uh, so I don't think that it'll probably happen, but we'll see. Will Chisholm says HBK is slowly turning NXT into a women's brand. It definitely feels that way. And honestly, I wouldn't hate it because to me, my favorite thing on the show is the women. Like even the women that you only see every now and then, even just the women that don't have like a big part on the show, they're getting over with if they appear for 30 seconds, one minute, two minutes of any TV time. They're getting over. Like, look at Ariana Grace. It started so simple with her. And now she's become someone that I'm interested in. Tatum Paxley, same thing. We were only seeing her somewhat sporadically. Suddenly, I'm more interested in Tatum Paxley because they're doing a really good job of utilizing the time that they get on TV. So, like, right now, they got a bunch of female stars on the brand. Uh, they definitely have a bunch of uh, stars there uh, for the women. 554K says, hey, Denise, great NXT, and how have you been? I've been all right. I've been okay. Um, feeling good. Nice start to the YouTube channel for this year. Uh, I checked yesterday, and from January 1st to right now, 
well, it technically doesn't count today because YouTube doesn't um, update the views that fast. They're usually two days behind. So let's just say January 1st to February 18th. My channel has gotten a combined total of 6.5 million views. Like what? Last month, I posted 122 pieces of uh, video content here on the channel that included videos, that included live streams, that included shorts. Um, kind of crazy. I don't think I did as much this month, but we'll see. I add them all up at the end of the month. But anyways, thank you so much for asking. Will Chisholm says, watching the show, I'm more sure that Heel Roxanne is winning the title at Stand and Deliver WrestleMania weekend. I was kind of feeling that way already. Um, now it's a good chance that she probably is. I mean, <laughs> I've, they're, I don't think they're like, I don't think they're keeping her from competing for the championship for so long if she wasn't going to win at NXT Stand and Deliver. Plus, we need that Roxanne Perez NXT Women's Championship reign that we all thought we were going to get the first time. But then again, at the same time, like Roxanne Perez is sort of long overdue on the main roster. But because she's so young, you're not really like in a rush to push her to the main roster because she is so young. If she was a couple years older, I think the fans would probably be like, send Roxanne now, send Roxanne now. She's ready, do it. Um, but because she's so young, you're really not like in a rush, but she pretty much belongs there already. The way that she looked uh, in the last two Royal Rumbles and compared to like, in comparison to like some of the girls that you're seeing on the main roster, she went in there and she ran circles through a bunch of them. Like she looked really good. So she basically proved that she should be on the main roster. But anyways, she still has all the time in the world. So she'll be fine. Will Chisholm, thank you so much for that super chat. So speaking of Roxanne Perez, let's talk about this match with her and Ren Sinclair and also how things are looking uh, for her heel character. So. Roxanne has been slowly transitioning into a heel for the last couple of months. At this point, they've made it very, very clear. Roxanne Perez is no longer the same person she once was on NXT. This, what they've been doing is, she, sorry, I'm still thinking about her missing her open challenge shot. She's been trying to get her NXT Women's Championship. She's been pissed that other people have sort of cut in line in front of her and she's mad she's pissed about it and last week Ren Sinclair tried offering her some advice and Roxanne Perez did not like the advice that Ren gave her slapped her across the face and that led to this match with her and Ren today um this was a good match too dude this was literally just Roxanne being angry and showing it she would just went out there and was just attacking Ren Sinclair and I got to tell you, I was absolutely obsessed with the way that they finished this match. I loved the finish of this match because throughout it, throughout this, this match between Roxanne and Ren, you were seeing Roxanne attack the left arm of Ren Sinclair. So she just kept attacking it throughout the entire thing. Great. So for the most part, this was all Roxanne. She was the one with the upper hand. Ren got a little bit of offense, not too much. She tried. She got like two clotheslines, maybe a drop kick, and that was kind of it, right? Eventually, Roxanne Perez hits the Pop Rocks. And I'm thinking, oh, that's it. It's over. Like Roxanne's winning with the Pop Rocks. She always does, right? 
She hits the pop rocks, but she doesn't go for the pin. Instead, she locks in Ren Sinclair with the crossface. Um, and damn, Ren obviously taps and submits. So basically what you had was Roxanne trying to inflict more pain on her. Her winning this match wasn't enough. She wanted to inflict and cause further damage and harm to Ren Sinclair. And so I was a big fan of the way that they laid out this match. I thought Ren, she looked really good in this too. Um, I've been a fan of hers for a while now. So getting to see her on NXT has been a joy. And I like how fast they've incorporated her into like little storylines here and there. How fast she got a match against Roxanne Perez. Um, I think they definitely recognize that Ren is a... She's pretty advanced in her pro wrestling, given her background on the independent wrestling scene. So good for Ren. I'm excited for her. This was fun. Really love this. And when it comes to Roxanne Perez, I had mentioned like a couple of weeks ago that Roxanne Perez is literally uh, the cutest heel, right? She comes out there and you're like, damn, we know she's mad, but she's still super adorable. But she's doing a really good job of making sure that you're not looking at that because that's how I felt the last couple of weeks. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm buying it yet. Like Roxanne is still, she's such a, such a natural baby face. It's so hard for me to kind of buy her as a heel. But I will tell you this, I feel like the last two weeks, especially this week, I have been buying it so much more than I was originally. Um, and it's been sort of a slow burn to get here, but I think she's really getting her groove as a heel now. Uh, again, because she's such a baby face, you really have to work harder to erase that and for the fans to not see that and for the fans to buy what you're doing right now. And so anyway, she's doing a good job. Things are starting to look really well for Roxanne Perez. And now I want to see her become meaner and more savage and I want to see her smash more TVs the way that she did today I'm sorry it was the funniest thing ever to me when she came out and she was like what happened oh man that was good stuff um but there you go that's what's going down uh with Roxanne Perez um so yeah I'm with Wilchism here where I think that this may happen for her at stand and deliver or hell maybe even sooner who the hell knows um all right so Let's go ahead and continue on. And I want to talk about, so we had talked about the um, the Good Brothers coming over, to, coming over to NXT. So we need to finish that off too, because there's more to that. So we already covered the ground with the Good Brothers and why it's good to have them on NXT, etc. But how this all went down, though, is we had Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin go out there and they're celebrating winning the NXT tag team titles. However, they didn't necessarily tease that these guys were breaking up, but they also aren't super, how do I explain this? Like they were sort of playfully arguing about who did what and who was more successful for the team. And I'm thinking, well, if they're already arguing and they just won. Like this isn't going to last very long, right? And then on top of that, we know Braun Breaker is going to SmackDown. So whatever, Axiom and Nathan Frazier go out there. They want a title shot. Andre Chase and Duke Hudson go out there. They want a title shot. So Ava Rain, um, she comes out there and she says, okay, fine. We're doing a number one contenders tag team match. And whoever wins that will go on to face uh, the champions. Cool. So we get this match between Axiom and Nathan Frazier versus Chase U. This was, um, God, 
they could not be two more different teams than Chase U and then Axiom and Nathan Frazier. I mean, these teams are so freaking different. <laughs> My God. Axiom and Nathan Frazier. I really love them as a team, and I think they're incredibly talented. But goddamn, do they make me nervous, guys. And please let me know here in the chat if they make you nervous sometimes. Because sometimes they're moving so freaking fast in the ring. And there are times where they, because they are moving so fast, certain things that they do don't look clean. And you're just like worried that they're going to like hurt themselves. And there was moments during this match where I felt nervous. Like there was a moment where we saw Axiom do a dive. And then right after Nathan Frazier did a dive. But I got so nervous because like it almost looked like he hit the ropes when he went out. And I was like, oh, my God, like just make sure that he's OK. Right. And he definitely was OK. But because he moves at such a crazy speed, I have this like nervousness as I'm watching. So it almost like gives me anxiety. Um, So I just hope that, you know, he kind of uh, I don't know, just makes it a little bit more cleanly cleaner. Um. That's the right word. That's the word I'm going with um, when he goes out there and he does this stuff. Because, yeah, sometimes I do get a little nervous watching uh, Nathan. But anyways, this was a very, very fun match. I mean, they're going out there and they're busting their hump. They're working hard. They clearly want to be seen and they are being seen. As a matter of fact, when Chase U won, um, Andre won with a quick roll up. I was kind of like, uh, I, I feel so like I know why it's Chase U. Like it's gonna be Chase U because they're going to lose, right? Unless we're unless they're magically gonna win just to get the belts off of freaking Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin. But I don't think so. I think this is just them. Uh, this is going to be the match where they actually get to defend the titles and get a victory because you don't want to see them lose right away. So that's why I'm thinking this was given to Chase U. Um, and also we've seen Ax Axiom and Nathan Frazier with Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin. I'm pretty sure we've seen Chase U too, but uh, Axiom and Nathan Frazier and Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin was very fun from what I remember. But anyways, the point is here is that after this match ended, I was like, yay, congratulations for the winner, but I wanted them to win. I wanted Axiom and Nathan Frazier to win, honestly, uh, because they were just the more interesting team uh, in all of this. So. After this, though, is when the Good Brothers came out and then they attacked both teams. So that's why I said earlier that they're most likely going to be the ones going for the tag team titles. Plus, they also said it afterwards. So they basically did my job for me. Uh, they told us what they're here for. They told us what they're doing. So um, that's bound to happen, most likely. Um, all right. So we got Darv Steven here who says, I just finished catching up on NXT and I think Roxanne will fully turn heel and stand and deliver with a pose title win and Ren Sinclair is a star. To me, Roxanne Perez, she is already a heel. Like she's already a heel. She's out there slapping people that are giving her sound advice. She's out there smashing TVs. This woman is mad. This woman is angry. I think she's a heel already, guys. I mean, quite frankly, some of her anger is justified. Uh, like, let's be real. I think we can somewhat agree with a little bit of her anger. But to me, she's already a heel. 554K says, I don't want to boo Roxanne because she has a right to be mad not getting a women's title match. She never lost, right, if I remember correctly. Yeah, she didn't. And that's why, like, 
We need to see this Roxanne Perez title reign at some point. Like she has had the best rise on NXT besides Tiffany Stratton. Um, we need to see that happen. We need to see this reign happen. Will Chisholm says Roxanne getting mad and throwing stuff makes me laugh too hard. I think she can pull the heel runoff. I never thought Bailey would make a good heel, but she was great at it. Oh, I love like it's funny because yeah, like Bailey with the hugger gimmick and the little ponytail and the Bailey buddies. Um, God, perfect baby face, right? Loved it. And you probably couldn't imagine this like ding dong, hello, a uh, heel that we got with Bailey and her calling people idiots, and she's mastered she had already mastered the baby face stuff but she has mastered uh the heel work um bailey knows what she's doing on both sides and that's not always um it's a little rare sometimes but bailey is definitely nailing it when it comes to that um thank you so much to will chisholm for sending in this generous super chat as well tiger claw gaming says roxanne is just coming off as a spoiled brat hashtag heel heel Spoiled brats, that's in the heel book for me. It's there. She's the heel already. Um, all right, guys. Um, let's see what else we got here. We got so much more to get into. Um, let's go ahead and get into, let's see where the hell was I at with this show. I jumped all around. All right, here we go. There's another match that kind of took me. I'm not going to say by surprise. Like, here's the, here's the thing. The outcome didn't take me by surprise but the execution did take me by surprise. And that was the opening match of the night for the NXT North American Championship, Obafemi versus Alexis King. I don't know how to say this, but I thought they were going to treat Alexis King like a bigger deal on NXT. And I feel like he came in red hot, like red hot. The promos were the shit. Everything was great. But it has slowly drizzled down. Now, of course, I was not expecting him to defeat Obafemi here for the NXT North American Championship. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I was expecting. But I was expecting more of a match. More of a match where I can sit here and tell you, oh, you know what? Alexis King looks really gay. Oh, great. Obafemi looks really great. They looked fine. They this was this was a very quick match. Like I don't even feel like I was able to like there was nothing to grab a hold of here, guys. Like this was just a very quick match. This was not to me an NXT North American title shot. This was just a quick little match. And I was very taken aback by that because I was expecting so much more here. Um they did have Robert Stone kind of do a little bit of a distraction, but I didn't think it was that big for it to be like, oh, well, it's a great match and Alexis King lost due to distraction. I don't feel that way. There was really nothing here. Obafemi wins with a pop-up powerbomb. Great. I love Obafemi. He's killing it. I'm happy to see him retain his North American title shot, but I really did want to see more of a match here. Um, maybe we will. Maybe this will continue. I'm thinking it will. We'll see. We will see. All right, but we got to keep on going because there's quite a bit here that we need to talk about. But let me tell you something, guys. If you want to keep on going, get Blue Chew promo code Denise. 
Are you jobbing out in bed? Do you have dreams of main eventing in the sack? Well, have no fear. Blue Chew is here to help you become the champ. Soon you'll make your baby face come back and get the finish. Blue Chew is the place to go for chewable versions of Sildenafil, Tadalafil, Vardenafil. These ingredients help men achieve stronger, yeah, harder, yeah, and longer lasting erections for sexual activity. Woo! The chewable tablets help fight off all forms of ED, which can include performance anxiety and maintaining an erection long enough for sex. A Blue Chew subscription includes a free online consultation, 24-7 medical support, a prescription for chewable, sildenafil, tadalafil, vardenafil, if approved, and discreet delivery straight to your door every month, all from the comfort of your own home at affordable prices. No more in-person doctor visits, no more waiting for appointments, and best of all, no more awkwardness. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to the description box of this video and click on the link and make sure to use the promo code DENISE. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Every time I watch myself, I'm just like, oh, yep, that's me. Hey, guys, got to keep the lights on somehow. All right. And if you want to keep the lights on in your relationship, blue chew code DENISE. The link is in the description box below, guys. Um, all right, so we keep going. Um, Josh Briggs, Brooks Jensen. Um, you know, I'm curious. I want to know how people felt about this match because I kind of feel a little bit on the uh, opposite side so far of what I'm seeing here from the chat. Uh, we got JD Varnell who says another match of the night was Josh Briggs defeating Brooks Jensen. I see a rematch at either NXT Roadblock or NXT Stand and Deliver. Okay, all right. So... Look, for me, this was okay. I There was things that I liked in this. One, I think that Josh Briggs is really good at like the hard hitting stuff. I think that we need to see him even like dive more into that, right? Like I think he's, he's a pretty big dude. Um, I think we need to see more of that. With Brooks Jensen, he went out there, he showed some anger, good. That was the whole thing. Like, we wanted to see more fire out of him. Good. I'm just going to say this. This match was fine, but I don't know if it left me saying I want to see more. If this was it for this feud, I'd be like, all right, cool. What's next? Thank you, next. Nice words from Ariana Grande. This was fine, but I want to see them go different directions. Now, I don't think that's going to happen because this story actually has some leg in it, given that these are former tag team partners, former best friends. So you can't really just wrap it up with one match. Like you can go a little further with it. But right now, it just didn't leave me wanting more and that's where i'm at but let's see what you the people thought here because i'm curious how you guys felt about this one all right here we go this one okay there we go we got some difference of opinions here this is from Zeno hour who thought the match was good pierre says briggs is going to be a clear star on nxt soon um christopher says josh briggs versus briggs Jen ugh, brooks jensen tonight was the match 
was good and physical. Uh, Dominic Carranza says, um, an interesting match to cover after that ad read. <laughs> Katie Crawford says to me, it was come on, Brooks, bring out the aggressive side, man up. It was a lesson match from your brother. Yeah, that was the story that they were going with for as well. Um, so yeah, okay. I think a lot of people here on the chat probably liked it a little bit more than I did. So I will try to look at it with a different lens the next time we come around, but that's where I'm at with it. Ender Buckley says, dude hugged him after he beat him. We don't need to run it back. That's true. He did do that. Uh, tough love, guys. Also kind of kind of sick, though. I feel like afterwards, like the way that he hugged him, though, it wasn't like, to me, it didn't come across as like respect, bro. You know what? We fought hard, sportsmanship, all of that. It came across more a little bit sadistic, more like Joe Gacy style, where like afterwards, I'm going to hug you and it's going to be creepy. I don't know. Maybe I just read it wrong. I clearly did. 554K says 10 tanks, 10 10 segue. LOL, the balloon was priceless. I got to redo the video, guys. I got to come up with some new material, which I, th I've, I think I've got some new stuff. I'll, I'll come up with something. If anybody here has any brilliant lines that I should include into my Blue Tree read, please send them in, all right? Uh, I need good material here. <laughs> um, anyways, but we got some people putting over this match. Darf Steven says he thought the match was solid and physical. All right, cool. There we go. Um, so this match definitely did work for a lot of people. And speaking of Joe Gacy and Dijak, last week we saw him get put in a straight jacket. And this week we're seeing that Dijak is keeping him in a secluded area. He's all tied up. He's keeping him prisoner. And then we see Crisofino, Crisofino, who I don't feel like we've seen him on the show very often. Like, I didn't even know who he was when he came out. Like, am I wrong? Like, we haven't seen him on the show very much, right? If we have, whoops, I don't remember very much. But he comes out there and he tells Dijak that this is false imprisonment. I thought this was kind of hilarious. I was like, Dijak, shouldn't you, if you're, here's the thing. If you're going to be keeping someone prisoner, you're going to be make sure the place is like guarded, right? Like, no one should be getting in. No one should be knowing that you have a prisoner wherever it is that you have this person. So why is Crisofino there? Am I missing something? What am I missing here? God damn, I hate when this happens. All right, Mike Parker PWM says, Briggs versus Jensen reminded me of two kids fighting in the schoolyard for some reason. Hey, former brothers, guys, um, former friends. There you go. Friends fight all the time. Uh, Mike Parker PWMM, thank you so much for the super chat. Appreciate you, man. Um, yeah, we don't get to see much of Luca Crisofino. Nope, don't get to see that much. All right, I'm moving on from this, guys. Let's get into Carmelo and Trick Williams. Just an update here. So the update really is, I thought the face-to-face -face between Ilya and Carmelo was happening on today's show, but apparently it's happening next week. So I'm sorry if I promoted that for this week. That is happening next week. Um, the big thing to take away from this here is that Carmelo actually had a really great promo and a really great like little segment that they did was Carmelo going back to the barbershop with him, um, where him and Trick used to like go and hang out and have all of these fond memories. And basically, he starts putting the blame on Trick Williams and saying that he's mad that Trick Williams wanted to be number one because number one was supposed to always be Carmelo Hayes. And Carmelo Hayes was like, you could have been number five. That was great stuff. That was a really good line for me when he said that he could have been number five. 
but is angry that he tried to take the number one spot from Carmelo. So according to Carmelo, they still would have been cool had he not wanted all of the things that Carmelo had. And so he then goes on to say that he felt all of this envy and that he is Trick Williams' biggest competition. So that's where we're at. Really cool. Really like the way that they did this. They really explained the feud. Like, let's say you just started watching NXT today. With this one promo, you pretty much knew this entire story. So even if you haven't been watching NXT, they've been doing a really good job of keeping you in the loop of what's going on with Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams and why and how we got here. So good stuff there. Uh, we do get a promo from Elia, and we're most likely going to be seeing this match between him and Carmelo at Roadblock from the sounds of it, and they're going to be doing the face-to-face -face next week. But other than that, there really isn't that much to add that I haven't already said about this. It's like, we know the match is going to be great. Carmelo, Elia, going to be phenomenal. Love their work, but uh, we've definitely seen it a couple of times now. Um, all right, so um, we got a couple more things to get into. The next one that we've got here is Ariana Grace versus JC Jane. So the big thing to take away from this is that it looks like JC Jane and Thea Hale are no longer going to be the friends that they once were because I think Thea Hale is finally starting to realize that her and JC Jane, Jane do not have very much in common. Now, it looks like JC Jane's intentions are very fine. Like, it looks like she has good intentions, but she the way that she gets things done is probably not the way that Thea Hale would get things done. Because Thea Hale, she's a good girl. She's a good girl. JC Jane I, is a good girl that does bad things. <laughs> That's the simplest way to explain it. And so JC Jane gives her some bad advice when it comes to her relationship with Riley. She told Thea Hale that she has to play hard to get, but Thea Hale took that very literally and literally ruined the date with her and Riley which I wish they would have shown us, by the way. I wish they would have shown us the date, especially because we always see um, these little backstage skits that they do in NXT. So at some point, we need to actually see this date uh, between uh, Thea Hale and Riley. Anyways, during this match, though, um, JC Jane sets it up two times so that when the referee is distracted, she wants Thea Hale to attack Ariana. However... Thea Hale doesn't seem to get the message. She doesn't seem to understand that that's what JC Jane wants her to do. And instead, they have um, Jasmine Nix. Um, Jasmine Nix, she was out there hanging out with them. And she's the one who ends up doing it instead. So what you see happen afterwards is JC Jane start to bond with her. And now all of a sudden, Thea Hale has become the third wheel. It's the worst thing. So let me tell you guys. It is the worst, the worst, absolute worst feeling in the world is to be the third best friend. Been there, done it, don't like it, all right? Nothing's worse than being the odd man out, all right? And that is what's happening to Thea Hale. She is no longer in the number one bestie spot, okay? She is going down the friends rankings here with JC Jane, um, feel bad for her. I feel bad for Thea Hale. If anybody here has ever been the third wheel in any relationship, you know what I'm talking about. It sucks. It definitely sucks. 
poor Thea Hale. Anyways, she's going to come to realize pretty soon that her and JC Jane are just not on the same page and we're probably going to see a fallout. We'll see when it happens. Um, all right, so we also get this really tender moment, actually, between Fallon Henley and Thea Hale. They both start to bond backstage, both baby faces. They're bonding over all their drama. They go out, they have a little fun. Cool. I like that. I want to see Fallon Henley and Thea Hale bond. We're always seeing the mean girls bond. Why don't we see the good girls bond? Let's see them make some friends there. All right, guys. Last but not least. Oh, we had to talk about the Ridge Holland stuff. Guys, I'm not a fan. So they did the sit-down interview with Ridge Holland and Sarah Scheiber, who I love Sarah Scheiber. We need to see more of Sarah Scheiber. But Ridge Holland says that he can't get rid of the smell of misfortune off of him. And he's going to address the WWE universe for all of his actions. And bro, had they not reminded us what his actions were, I was about to be like, what actions? What happened? It's just not leaving a mark. It's not leaving a mark at all. A temporary tattoo sticks with me more than what they've been doing so far with Rich Holland. This story is just very, very dull. Um, I hope they, they spice it up soon, guys, because I got nothing here to say about this, guys. Nothing to say. Um, the only positive thing that I can say about this is Sarah Scheiber is a good interviewer. That's it. Tony and Stax and Adriana Rizzo are in another fancy restaurant like they always are. And they didn't have such a great week last week, okay? Tony and Stax lose the tag team titles. Adriana Rizzo loses her match. They're all taking L's right now. Tony basically says that he's put some thought into things and they're going to be going down a new direction, a new path, and he's going to once again be the dawn of NXT. So we'll see where they go from there. Um, chances are we'll see them and the club, sorry, Gallows and Anderson do their bit, so that'll happen eventually at some point. Um, but that's basically it, guys. That is NXT. Announced for next week, we got the face-to-face -face between Ilya Dragunov and Carmelo Hayes, and then we also have uh, Noam Dar versus one member of the No Quarter Catch crew for the NXT Heritage Cup. Y'all know how I feel about that. You all know how I feel about that. I'm just going to nod my head, guys. I'm just going to nod my head. I got nothing to add about that. Other than that, everything else is pretty enjoyable, though. It really was. Um, all right, guys. Um, before I wrap things up, everybody, I want to thank you guys so much, as always, for tuning in. For tuning in to the NXT Post Show. I hope you guys had a good time. If you watched this on replay, if you listened to the audio version, let me know. Tweet me, comment uh, what you guys thought of NXT. I always read everyone's comments here on YouTube. I'm constantly on here. I make sure to make time to read people's comments and respond to people. Uh, so make sure you guys go ahead and uh, leave a reply. On top of that, if you listen to this on the audio version, uh, please leave a review. I haven't gotten a review, a new review in two weeks, and it's pretty sad. So make sure you guys leave a review and I will rate it here on the podcast. It helps obviously the podcast grow a lot more and all of that good stuff. Y'all know the y'all know the drill already. I'll be back tomorrow with Righteous Reg to talk about AEW Dynamite. I will not be here for SmackDown this week, guys, because I'm going to go to sleep. 
at 7 p.m. on a Friday night. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to sleep at 7 p.m. on a Friday night to wake up to watch Elimination Chamber at 2 a.m. here in the West Coast. And then I have to do a three-hour show on Busted Open immediately after. So for that reason, I will not be here on Friday for SmackDown. I am going to be asleep, hopefully. All right, guys, that is it for today. Thank you guys as always so much. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Bye.